Hi, my name is Allie Williams, and I am obsessed with all things business, building a life you love, and living via leaps of faith. I'm a 5-1 fireball of spunk and fun. Four years ago, I left my old Kentucky home via a 72-hour crowdfunding campaign to join an entrepreneurial program in Silicon Valley. Little did I know after, I would actually be learning in the best classroom, the world. From fun to failure to deep faith-forming seasons, I explored, built businesses, loved life, met a boy on an Instagram dating show, and realized I was finally ready to bet on myself. Now, I'm coming to you from North Carolina to teach you what my years of chasing success taught me. Life is not about beating or becoming anyone else. It's not about your income, accomplishments, or wins. It's about your integrity. The things you want simply lead you to accumulating the courage and character you crave. The process allows you to be exactly who you've always wanted to be. Here, we're focused on one thing, helping you live your best life. Yep, I'm indeed the hype girl you never knew you needed. So buckle up, because I believe you were created to change the world, but that requires you to believe it too. The question is, will you? Here, you're gonna discover how. So let's dive in, shall we? Welcome to Life Right Up Your Alley. Hello, and welcome back to the Right Up Your Alley podcast, you guys. Man, we have a fun one coming today. I have Catherine Binko, who I coached her in business. She is my like fitness coach, personal trainer. And then also her husband is my fiance's boss. So, and we're friends. So we're essentially sisters at this point. We are connected. We're soul sisters. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm pumped. I know we're going to have so much fun. Have you been on the podcast before? You've been on mine twice. And then I know we've recorded one for yours, but I think it was like, I don't know if it's been released yet or if it just like didn't ever get released, but we, I don't know. Uh, it has yeah. been released. It had, if we recorded it, it was released. I think okay. it, been, I, it might've been in the season two drop. Yeah. When you dropped all those at the same time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah, I have. Yay. Welcome back. I'm glad that we, we came to that conclusion guys. I'll link it below. If you want to go listen to it, yeah. it was probably a more serious conversation than this one is going to be. This one will have lots of gold nuggets, but what's fun is I think our relationship has progressed. So we're going to bring like girl talk, a little bit of like motivational speaking, and then we're really just going to tie it all together with a beautiful bow talking about Bridgerton season two, because why not? Yeah. You know, the other day you posted a story about like how you really want to show up more as like you actually are. And not that you don't show up as like authentically, but you know, like saying cuss words and things like that. And I was thinking about that, like when we first met we like didn't have the full picture of who we are and getting to like spend actual like real life time together has enhanced our conversations 1 million thousand times percent. And most of that has to do with pop culture and Bridgerton. (laughs) (laughs) And it's also just like being able to do life with people. I think that's like my issue with social media, even though you and I both love social media and it is like greatly enhanced our businesses and our lives. There's like one little sliver of who we are. And I'm like, so freaking tired of that. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. That's why I kind of like shut off last year. Remember? I mean, that's what, one of the reasons why we, I coached or you coached me is because 
I like did not know how to show up on social media anymore. Cause I was like, I feel over it. (laughs) So I get it. I think most people feel that right now too. And I can say that, I mean, like at every level, because I see it that, you know, with people with millions of followers with, as clients of Malibu media, and I see it with people who haven't started a TikTok yet or something like when they're coming to me, it is the social landscape is super interesting. And then I would say like, literally the landscape of the world socially in real life digitally everything like it is dicey right now because we are all we've just went through it the last two years you know yeah we're tired we are and we I think we are craving something else yeah I am like I'm like well I need something new and I think we all can like agree that we probably are just like craving something else and now it's time to create that and look at that. We're doing that with this episode, but it's like, Hey, we don't have to be this like niche down in a box mm-hmm. version of ourselves, you know? And, and so whoever's listening, like, that's just true for you. Like, guess what? You can like be all of it. You can be both. You can be whatever you need to be. Hey, it's welcomed here. And I think Catherine and I in business and personal and everything in between have been able to like in segments of our life, live that out. And now connect it. I feel like we both are like in processing of like, how do we level into the next version of ourselves? Mm -hmm. Like collectively, you know? Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Yep. Love that. Okay. So guys, we're talking about, I told you, well, we just went into digital media and like talking about social, (laughs) but (laughs) tangent aside, exactly. (laughs) I really want to discuss body image. So Catherine, if you listened to her previous episode, you would know she is a incredible, like very body positive personal trainer and coach. And she owns an incredible business called Soul Fitness. That is where I work out. And, you know, you empower women in such a big way to just like be who they are today, the size they are, the strength they are, all that they are, just like you are welcomed. And that's been really empowering to me to be in and like what have you learned from doing that? Let's start there. Well, it's crazy because when I started soul, I was like 26, 27, six years ago. So I was 27 and where I was at 27 is so different than where I'm at at 33. And that goes both like emotionally, seasonally, but like also body wise, like my body has changed it naturally. So it changes as you age. And so I've learned different things in different seasons. I think in the beginning I was learning how to heal and how to like really believe the things I was saying. And I think now I'm learning like more of, I want to say like a shift in business, but more of like, how do I create more of just a community and a message instead of just, I work out like, that's what I do. Like, I want it to be more about who you are as a person, because I'm realizing I, and it's always been about who you are as a person, but I'm realizing more like, I don't have the same time I had to just commit to fitness. And I really like my life still, you know, like, and it's okay. So I'm trying to like, it changes in every season. It changes. Yeah. I totally have seen that too. And yeah, it's like interesting to watch your character and your identity and your image of yourself morph you know, every season of life yeah. and having like a positive environment to do that is really important because mm-hmm. I was looking at it the other day for one of my clients who is a therapist that focuses on body image. 91% of American women have a negative body image. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Right. Like there, there is something about themselves that they would desire to change and like would exchange like money or help for that, which is really like, that's everyone almost. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and the majority of those, sorry to cut you off. The majority mm-hmm. of those women start that mindset or have that insecurity starting at age six. Yeah. So as women in this generation, we may not be able to rewrite all the ways that we have been like raised culturally, but we can change the culture for the next generation by putting things into place now. 100%. And it all starts when those kids are kids, babies, you know, yeah. that's, when you, that's when it shifts. It's so true. And it's so funny too. Cause I mean, everyone has their own situation in growing up, but we kids mirror, like you, you have a son now wills and he's always watching and always absorbing And so the way we talk to ourselves, the way we express, you know, anything to our friends, the way we look in the mirror, like all matters and you're not called to be perfect and have it all like, you know, structured and down necessarily, but, you know, checking yourself now is such an amazing way to what you just said, like, make sure that we're not passing it on. Yeah. And being thoughtful before you speak, like a lot of times we flippantly say things because we've been culturally wired to say things and we might not even mean them, but if we are just flippantly saying things about our bodies and kids are around, like if Wills is in the room, like he's going to think, oh, that's how you're supposed to talk about your body. And that's horrible. And sometimes we don't even realize that we're doing it, you know? Yeah. It's so So true. It really is like thinking before you speak, taking a thought captive before you say it. 100%. And then, you know, taking a thought captive is really cool. And I do a lot of mindset work with my clients. So I've learned this on a psychological level through a lot of my trainings and certifications, like taking a thought captive allows you over time to reform your thought pattern. If you do not judge yourself, if you stay in curiosity. And so as we're talking through this, you don't need to need to, you know, then be like, oh, I wish I could lose five pounds and then be like, oh, why did I do that? You know what I mean? Like, it's more so like if that thought comes by instead of like needing to express it, what if you just had a conversation internally of like, why do I need to lose five pounds? Right. Yeah. That curiosity is really powerful. Totally. Because there's nothing wrong with losing weight. And if you're doing it in a healthy way, and also if your mind, like if your purpose behind it is not because you want to reach a certain number, like where is your actual identity in that? Will losing that weight make, bring you joy? Or are you just using it as like a bandaid for something? And once we do that digging, we're realizing, okay, I'm putting a lot of my identity and a lot of my worth in this number and why? Like what for? Because that number is going to always be changing. 100%. And I see that in everything, right? Like when you get married, you're not, it's not going to be perfect, right? When you get the perfect weight, it's not going to be perfect. Like you cannot collect enough gold stars to fill your cup. Nope. But you can do that today by understanding who and what you are, who created you, you know, what that inheritance looks like and actually walking in that. And like, what a tall order that we are all always learning, but it's available. Yeah. And I think, so I, we thought of this because we were actually, it was during a personal training session and we said like, wow, we need to record this video because we both have recovered from eating disorders and, you know, have had our own journeys and our own healing, you know, processes, and it's been beautiful in their own ways. But one thing that 
we, I like told her I had notices. I, I see a lot of people since moving back to the South comment on like how I look without me saying anything. Cause like, I do not bring it up because I, I know what I need and I need, I probably don't need acknowledgement in that because I have a obsessive personality. So within that, and that's okay. People in the South, I think are very comforting and loving and communicative, but you know, I've gotten a lot of feedback of like, oh my gosh, you know, you've lost this weight or like your butt looks good or all these things. They're like, oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, but also like I didn't ask. And so lovingly like navigating that and understanding too, this isn't like, I would never be like, please don't give me that feedback. I don't, that's not necessarily my heart. You're welcome to do that. But the words you speak over people are really important and have something to do psychologically to what you're telling yourself and to them. And I always am so comforted when someone is just like wanting to listen to my process or asking questions that connects me so much more with them than a compliment on aesthetics or something I'm achieving. Do you agree Mm -hmm. with that? Yeah. There's so many other more beautiful ways to compliment someone than just how someone looks and you don't even really realize it. And this is why like taking every thought captive is so important. Like you don't even realize how like a little planted saying, like if someone says like, oh my gosh, you've lost so much weight, you look great. That like in the moment, it might not like do much for you, but it's planted in your brain that looking great is associated with losing weight. So in order to look better, I need to lose more weight. Or if you gain weight, I'm ugly. Yeah. Or if people don't say, oh my gosh, you, you look great. That means I'm gaining weight. That was something that I really struggled with in my eating disorder from when I started healing is of course, naturally, once I started eating, I started gaining weight back and people stopped saying like, you look so thin. People stopped complimenting me. And that really like messed with my psyche because I was like, okay, well, one, I must be getting bigger. Mm-hmm. And like, that is already a really hard thing to process if you're healing from an eating disorder. And two, like, is there anything else to me besides like my weight? Is there anything worth complimenting? Yep. And it happened again when I was postpartum of like, and people again, don't realize it's not mal intent, like malice intention. Like I had a neighbor one time drive by when I was walking wills, he was like two months old, three months old. And during that time I had postpartum depression, I had gotten the norovirus. And in like a span of three days, I lost like way too much weight. I couldn't keep food down. I was throwing it up. She obviously did not know that, but she drives by and she's like, she literally goes, you be said B word as like a joke. And she was like, you look like skinnier than you did before you had the kid. And I was like, okay, well, I'm like sick. And you don't know that. Like, so you never know what someone's going through and to comment on their weight, it could do so much more damage than that minor compliment you're trying to give them. So if you could shift the compliment into, into their worth as a human being, like you're so resilient or wow, you're such a wonderful mother, the way you care for Wills and take time to walk, walk with him. Or I don't know, there's so many different things that you could compliment someone with, besides their weight. Yeah, it's so true. And again, this is one of those things where it's like, we're not here to be nitpicky. We're here to like broaden the conversation so that we all grow. And the next generation doesn't have to record a podcast. Yeah. On this. 
And I've also done this. Oh, I me still too. Have to, I still have to catch myself, especially in the industry that I work in being like, oh crap, like sometimes I'll be screaming in class and I'm like, you look awesome. And I'm like, wait, I don't mean look, I mean like strong. So it's like, you have to constantly like rewire your brain. It's not something that I'm like perfect at. No. And the expectation isn't perfection. It's, I think in this conversation, when we talked about it and literally the reason I was like, we need to record a podcast was because I felt very seen and safe with you, which was really cool because for years, anything in like getting quote unquote back into shape, because I used to be extremely, I was very athletic growing up. And, you know, then I healed from my eating disorder and I really was I had fear around it, if that makes sense. Because again, I, I know my tendencies. Being able for a, to have this conversation was really healing for me because I was like, that's true. You know, like I, I need that. So anyway, I think anyone listening can one, like understand that we are super imperfect in this. And two, it's like, it's okay to just like do your best with it. Yeah, and I think a key thing is like when you do slip and compliment someone based off how they look or say something about someone's weight. It's just acknowledging it and apologizing for it. I actually made a huge boo-boo. I know Chelsea wouldn't mind me saying this. I complimented. I don't even know that was a compliment. It was more jealousy. She had just had her baby and she looked, you know, she had lost the weight or bounced back as culture says. And I brought it up on our podcast. And then after the podcast stopped recording, it was just in my brain the whole time. Like this, I guess, conviction about it. And before we hung up, I was like, Chelsea, I need to apologize. Like I should have never said that. And we're fine. You know, (laughs) you know, it's just acknowledging that and being like, okay, I messed up like culturally, like I've been trained to like, think that this equals worth. And like, I'm so sorry. I said that about your body. Yeah, totally. That's really, and I think it's funny. There's like no one who said anything to me where I was like, I need an apology now. No. And I don't think she was expecting it. I was just like, I feel icky. Yeah. And once you start rewiring your brain to realize like, wow, I shouldn't be complimenting someone just based off their looks. Like I was already in the process of rewiring my brain that when I said that it didn't feel right. Yep. Exactly. And that's, and that's, like the progress. So it, it, I was going to say like, that's so beautiful. And I think, yeah, like that's, that's the best part when it comes down to it. Cause I think grace upon grace, like, so we're all working on it. We're all growing together through this. And so it's, it's amazing. You had the humility to like own it. And some people won't, (laughs) and some people won't listen when you maybe have to put a boundary down, but understanding this is really amazing for you and them, you know, I think within that too, like the, I love the quote, like the way that you look is the least interesting thing about you. And one thing I used to find my identity, yes, in the way that I looked, but actually more than that in my intellect. And in how like smart I was, like I was always the smart girl. And so it was really interesting to me. And I want to be able to talk about this for anyone who's listening. Like maybe you'll identify you can't like, you cannot perform to earn perfection or your worth. And you cannot compliment someone to be accepted and safe with them. Mm. And it really, it is so cool having these conversations, like it's stretching and it might be like, like they're uptight, you know, think whatever you need to think. Everyone is working with what they got and doing their very best and being able to have conversations like this. It literally pours into like 
hey, if you failed that test, you're still okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Like, hey, if you didn't get that job, guess what? You're still good. Things that are circumstantial have no deep reflection on who you are. And they are there as feedback for you to learn, adjust, and become better if you so choose. Yep. Absolutely. There's always room for growth. Nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes. We all don't even realize we're making mistakes at points in our life. And then you grow up and you learn Yep. and you try and do it better next time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I always think about like when I die, <laughs> that was like a really weird time. <laughs> like when I, when I die at my funeral, I don't really think that anyone's going to stand up there and be like, dang, she could really lift some weight. Amen. Amen. You know, like, oh man, the way she looked in those high-waisted jeans, that was good. Good stuff. She really left that impact on me. Like, I hope that when they stand up there, they're like, she was really there for me when I was going through this, or she was freaking hilarious when we were going through this. You know, I want them to compliment like how I made them feel, not what I looked like. And nobody would do that. All the people, think of all the people in your life that you're friends with. Like when they die, are you going to miss the size of their jeans? No, you're going to miss who they are. So we need to start like calling that out in people. Yep, absolutely. And it's, and how empty would it be if that's what they said? Oh yeah. And let that give you perspective on how we honor and communicate with each other. Yeah. Like what if I, if I was still stuck in my disordered eating, like I know people would get up at my funeral and be like, I didn't really know her because she was so distracted and she never spent time with us. Yep. Like she was, you know, and whoa, like, mm-hmm. wow. Praise God for freedom. Amen. Yep. Yeah. Amen. And it's like, and it's worth it. And it's, mm-hmm. it's really cool. You know, I remember when Instagram started and and it was like one of those things that like, wasn't really cool, but everyone was getting on it and it was like yeah. resting and I remember so many people who were like huge now on it. They actually like were anonymous. So they were like sharing from like pin names from their handles and stuff. And like, you maybe couldn't see their face or whatever that was. And I followed a lot of them, but I followed a lot of them that were fitness focused. And I remember the moment when like some of them started to like show their face. And then I remember the moment when some of them would be like, Hey, actually like my worth is not in this right like you could see the up and then the down and that you know and the leveling out and within that like I think our society and like being able for us all to be so connected has really expedited us having conversations like this Mm -hmm. so it's it really is I know I said this earlier I'm like really hopeful to have a a girl yeah and I I really I like really hope God gives me a girl (laughs) oh for sure for sure and I don't know about you guys but like being 14 or like being in the middle of my eating disorder, I was not sure if having a girl was good or, you know, if I could, because man, like it was a lot. And obviously every generation has their own things, but like, I'm really proud of our generation for actually talking about this. Mm -hmm. For sure. Me too. I can't, I, there's a lot of things that are hard for this next generation, but there's a lot of really beautiful things too, because our generation's making the moves now. Yeah, it's so true. It's really, really cool. So with that, when it comes to a beautiful generation, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Cheers to us. We're the best eat it. Gen Z. No, I'm kidding. Also like I identify so deeply with Gen Z. Like I'm just going to segue us right through this. 
you are, you're a more of a millennial. Do you identify a millennial? Yeah. I'm like, I was 94. People say that 95 is the start year for Gen Z. And so, and I, I think it's so funny because I don't really under, I guess I am a millennial, but then I do Gen Z things. All of that to be said, they are woke. Yeah. When it comes to things like this. And I am like talking about our, whatever generation we are in also, like it's working you guys. So continue to have these conversations, continue to understand, like you cannot earn or deserve your worth. You really can't. That's not Mm. the point of life, Mm. right? Your, your existence is proof enough of who, you know, who you are and how loved you are. Then you better work and show up and live out of that. If you learn anything here. Yeah. And when God says, just last thing, when God says you're created in his image, it doesn't mean looks. Mm -hmm. He wants you to reflect like the fruit of the spirit. That's who his image is, his character. So Mm -hmm. he wants you to be gentle and kind and loving and forgiving. Like those are the things that like, if you sat down with the Lord and he were were to compliment you, those are the things he would call out. Not, Mm -hmm. wow, you look great for 33 you know, (laughs) amen. Amen. Absolutely. And it's also funny, like just we'll, we'll end biblically with this too, then I guess like when he found Adam and Eve in the garden and they were dressed, right. Like they had, you know, been able to, they had accepted shame and he, that was like confusing to him. Like he does not want, he does not want us to see and acknowledge each other by the way that we look. That's the only time that he does. And it is because we, they were not living out what he created them to be in. Yep. Right. Like they had shit. So anyway, like, who are you when you are speaking life into people? And like, that was the image you were created to Mm -hmm. be and live in, you know? Yeah. Uh, and we can, they talked about this in, in church on Sunday, like we can experience that right now. Like we mm-hmm. don't have to wait till heaven to experience that like freedom. We can start it right now. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. With a decision and, and action imperfect, yeah. messy, lovely action. Yep. So cheers to that. And now we're uh, just going to 180 this conversation into Bridgerton. And I really like... <laughs> Maybe this should be an epi- a different episode. I don't care. This is like the direction that right up your alley is going like life and thriving and learning and being like the holistic view of who and what you are. And we had this amazing conversation during a training session. And then we just started to talk about Bridgerton. Yeah. And I thought this season, if you, if you have not listened to Bridgerton and you do not want us to spoil anything, please stop listening to this episode and leave a five-star review. And we love you. And we'll see you in the next one. Come back when you've watched it because you 100% should. Wow. This was not what I expected the season to be. God gave me like a really great gift and not <laughs> allowing me to discover Bridgerton until like a month before season two came out. So I was able to binge watch season one and then immediately get season two. So I didn't really have like a gap. I am now very depressed that season two is over and there's no season three. (laughs) Absolutely. I know I, you, okay. I watched the first one. I need to give you guys context. I read in high school, Pride and Prejudice 27 times. <laughs> I would just watch it too. On, on... <laughs> I, yeah, I, I also love the movie. <laughs> and I also read all of the Gossip Girl books. And when I saw the first episode of Bridgerton, I was like, shut up. This yeah, is. It's, gossip, it's combined. 
it's both of them and so anyway and also like I I had a floral business and and the florals in there I mean I rewind scenes to be like how did they stick that how is that hanging there you know anyway so it's just it's very important to my soul now at this point and I know when I found it on Netflix I literally watched in like three days probably, or maybe like less than that, the whole season. And then I ordered every single one of the books and I read every single one of the books over like a month and a half. And then I read them again. So anyway, I've been ready for this and yeah, it, it's fun. Like it's really fun to watch. It's super different than season one. Season one, like there was like a whole lot of sex Mm-hmm. And so I, I will say like, it would like, uh, there was every, everything about season one and season two, they were super different, but then I'm sure you picked up on the fact that they are love stories mm-hmm. every single season. So it is fun. You kind of like know where it's going. Yeah. A lot of people were complaining about season two, like not being as steamy. Uh-huh. And I actually really liked like the weight in the pursuit. Like I was getting kind of like, Oh, like when are they going to kiss? You know, like, are they, when they would get so close to each other and like not touch, but like you could see in their eyes, like this longing to like be together. There's something like really steamy about that. And I, I think that season two got a bad rep because it was like, not like season one in that way, but I actually really enjoyed that. Yeah, I did too. And I think, I mean, it was funny. I, I like read a lot of articles duh, after and it, the director was saying, you know, every love season or every love story is so different. And I mean, that's so true. I do think other seasons, just from knowing all of the other sibling stories, I think there will be some steamy seasons to come. But I liked the buildup too on this. And I will say, like, I think that Kate, they completely changed the story. Like when the bee sting happens, like just shiz hits the fan and we go to a very different story and they were both good but they're super different and so they made Kate like harder in this one but I loved the actress and I think she like killed it and I yeah I liked their build up a lot but Edwina totally I'm obsessed obsessed with the actress I follow her on Instagram like I her name's Simone what a great name what a solid name I'm obsessed with her it's so true. Also, yeah, I, I looked up her hometown. I messaged a guy I went to college with who's from like over by there. And I was like, is her accent real? Or was that like, I, I very much was obsessed with her. She is so cool. I think it's super neat too, that both of them, like, I just love the diversity in mm-hmm. Bridgerton. I think it's so beautifully done. And I thought it was really cool to hear their accents and see their culture brought in. Cause even before like the day before Edwina was going to get married, they did like the, I don't know if you noticed that, they were putting like turmeric on her. And anyway, that's like a huge Indian wedding tradition. It was really cool to see like the culture come out and be blended in too. It's so cool because what I, one thing I really love about Bridgerton is it's just, it takes place in like the 1800s. So it would be just like all white people in that class system. And what I love is that they integrate all these different ethnicities into it so seamlessly that you don't even think about it by the end of it. Like, I just feel like that's such a picture of what heaven's going to be like is like, you don't even think about someone's ethnicity. It's just like, we're all in the same class. 100%. 100%. One, like 
Yeah. One of my favorite stories, my mom is a reading teacher. She's an angel on earth. And my mom told me the story when I was like young, actually, and it didn't land until I got older, but she was like walking a little boy down the hallway one time because she'll go get them from their classroom. And then, you know, she helps them learn how to read and then returns them. And she pulled him and was walking down the hallway. She was like holding his hand and he was like, my mommy's pregnant. And she was like, oh, really? Like, what do you think it's going to be boy or girl? Right. And he was like, I don't really know, but I really hope it's a Brown baby because they're my best friends. And I really hope he's my best friend. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is heaven. Right. That is who we are. And you're right. It really, I love that like interpretation too. Like it is how life is supposed to be. And it's so pretty to see in real life. And don't get me wrong. There's a ton about Bridgerton that is, not societally great, but that is a good, mm-hmm. that is a good thing. I agree completely. I know. I like, I loved it. Who was your favorite character and why? Well, oh, okay, wait, you're well, obsessed with Kate. So I'm obsessed with Kate more in real life. Like yeah. I started stalking her on Instagram and I just like kind of fell in love with her in real life. Cause we're friends now, me and Simone. I actually, this is like a hot take, but I really liked the mom. I think that she's like very like underrated in the show, but like when she comes in, I I feel like she really sees her children and she's got like that mama bear instinct of like, I know what you really want, but you're not listening to yourself. I like how she approaches it. Like she lets her children figure it out, Mm -hmm. but loves them through it. And Mm -hmm. is like, I don't know. I really just love the mom. Yeah. Love her. Awesome. Her and lady Danbury. Yeah. I, I don't know if I said Danbury, whatever. What a dynamic duo. Like mm-hmm. I want a t-shirt with their faces on it, but I agree. And the mom is different in the books. I really yes, like she too. is. I read the first book. She's very yeah. different. Yeah. She, I like her a lot more in the, I feel, I like her in both, but I really like her in the TV yeah. series. Yeah. yeah. That scene where Lady Danbury and the, and the mom, what is the mom's name? Violet. Violet. Yeah. Where they're laughing at the end of, I'm not, I don't want to give anything away, but they just start like busting out laughing at like basically an S show that just happened. And I'm like, that is so realistic of just like two women bantering. Yeah. I love them. Me too. They're great. I know there's so many great dynamics in the show. I will say like, again, they're changing a lot from the books and I'll be again, curious to see, like, there are things in the first season where I was like, that doesn't align with the book. But then I see like, oh my gosh, that's a setup for season five. Oh, that's a setup for blah, 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 blah. Like, it's really cool the way the writers have brought things in. And with that, I really love like the dynamics of all the siblings. And then obviously like the other families, because there's so many like small relationships. There's so many setups happening. Like Mm -hmm. it really is so fun to see. It is really cool. And I, I'm kind of jealous that you've read all the books. I'm about to start the second one, but I really think that like, I'm going to be bitter that a new season starts and it's not the same characters, but then like at the end of each season, I'm going to fall more and more in love with every member of the family. And they do a really good job at like helping you love characters. Yeah. It's so true. I know you have to read, you have to read all the books. I don't know. It's a feat, but like it's, it is fun, but they do a really good job. And it's funny. Like one of my favorite characters is Hyacinth. So the last one, 
And so like, she is not what you would like when she grows up, she's not what you think she would be. But I mean, she's set up well. But anyway, it's really going to be fun to be able to see each season. And I know I, I've heard a lot of feedback of like, you can't just take the Duke out. And I'm like, the Duke doesn't matter anymore. Like, yeah. it's the story. Every season is the story of this family and, and every, you know, character gets their own season. And it's really cool because they all find love in their own way. And it's, they're very clever. I'm really pumped for next season. Okay. My favorite character though, I would say one really shocked at what they did with like Anthony or Anthony, whatever. They did a good job, I think, but it was cool to see like the context that they gave him of like him, just like his dad dying and him becoming the Viscount. Like that was really well done. And I think in the book, you could read his mind because you're reading mm-hmm. the book. So there were like parts where I think they, they did a good job telling, but like, he's like a really nice guy and he wasn't avoiding her out of like pride. It was because he like, didn't think that he should love someone. He yeah. like wanted to keep it all business, which I think was clear in the, the series. But like, when you read it, you're like, oh, so anyway, the, I would say Lee, I'm like answering this. I said, who's my favorite character? I want to answer with like my least favorite character, which was Edwina through all of the entire freaking thing until the last one. She's so much better in the book, but I see why they did that. And also she's very obviously going to be the princess, which I think is really good for the Bridgerton family. So I'm like here for that. But so anyway, interesting character arc there. I feel like they'll set her up in the third season. And then, yeah, I really love Daphne, which a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't. So, but I really love her, but apparently she's not relatable. What'd you say? I love Daphne. You do? Yeah, I really do. I like her too. Makes me happy. What was like your favorite scene? Well, the most laughable scene was the fact that like they spent their whole, the whole season, like trying to avoid each other because they didn't want anyone to see like their connection. And then the first time they do it is like outside in a freaking gazebo and then they sleep there. Dude, I actually didn't even like process that. Yeah. I'm like, no one see you. That's a really good point. Also, like he wakes up, she's not there. I was like, excuse you. Hi, Michael. But anyway, she wakes up or he wakes up. She's not there. Excuse yeah. you, Kate. I'm sorry. What? That yeah, was Yeah, I know. Like poor, poor Anthony, but also it works out. So whatever. But my favorite scene was probably, and I don't want to spoil anything, was probably the very end of the last episode where they like S hits the fan with Eloise and Penelope. Penelope, yeah. You like that scene? Oh my gosh. Tell me why. It just made me eager for the next season. And I think that they did a really good job at wrapping up one season entering you into a different story and not it just being about Kate and Anthony. And I mean, it was dramatic. And my prediction is that they're going to pair up and I don't know, I don't know anything, but I think that they're going to pair up and like be lady whistle down, whistled in, whistle down. But I don't know. I liked the tension there and I loved the revelation for Eloise. Yeah. Like how she figured it out was, it's like, we were just waiting for that. And then it tipped and you're like, here yeah. it goes. Totally. Okay. So that's not in the book either. So when okay. they were doing it, I was like, what, like, what are they doing? And I'm so curious to see, yeah, how they go about it. I will tell you, I mean, I don't want to ruin anything, but like Penelope is key. 
and they are giving her even more like power and it's it's going to be really good but yeah I I mean and I can't wait for you to see who she ends up with and it's really good yeah uh-huh. I mean because they're setting it up to where like you think it'll be Colin, but I really don't think it's going to be Colin. Yeah. You'll, I mean, you'll see, but I, it's, it's interesting. I mean, you like have to read all the books. I'm like, if you read all the books, we should like just make an independent podcast and just like blab about it all day, but straight up. Okay, great. So you're doing it. This is how businesses are started. Ladies. This is how in real time, but yeah, I feel like prediction wise if you go through and read them it it's gonna be fun because again they have gone off in a few tangents already and like kind of move things around but when they did that scene I was like oh dang season three and season four are about to be spicy and really good I think it's like there's just gonna be a lot of tea you know yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess that was my favorite scene the very end and I loved figuring out about and I know you say it's different in the books but I love figuring out the father story, like how he died and how it really did impact Anthony. Cause I mean, at first you're kind of like, this guy's really rude. Like, yeah. He's just kind of like a butthole. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then you kind of, it's just like life. The more, you yep. know, someone's story, the more you can have compassion for him. Yep. He grows on you like a lot during this season. They did such a good job with character development. I mm-hmm. love the way they set up Benedict too for next season. Mm-hmm. I really, and also like Colin's setup is very different and interesting too. In the books, he is not with Marina. Marina doesn't exist. Oh. Marina exists in book five. She does not. Yeah, it's why when you read the books, like you close the the cover on the last one, and you're like, oh, like it is wild because again, they are plucking characters out of different books, putting them in different seasons, and so, it's yeah. so cool to see them do it. But anyway, Colin's season is going to be really good already I can see but then Benedict like he has I don't want to like ruin anything but the book that he you know falls in love in his story is really different than the other people's and people thought that they were setting him up to be gay but I don't think that they are so well now I think we know that they aren't after that art scene oh but I I did kind of wonder before that yeah, totally. I know. Interesting, like on that, but I think history is going to be really, really cool. So you know that Anthony, the actor who plays Anthony, he's gay in real life. I have to tell you when I found out, I'm really glad I found out after the second season, because he was like, I think it would have like, I would just wouldn't have been as attracted to him, if that makes sense. Like he would have just been like, oh, Anthony, my, my friend. And when I found out, I was like shocked. Yeah. And sad because you're like, wow, we're, I really lost my chance. Absolutely. One, yeah. Like you may be married and I may be engaged, but like now we can't date him. What? <laughs> so, but like he for sure doesn't want to date us. <laughs> exactly. Like, wait, so you're not attracted to me because I am extremely attracted to you. <laughs> exactly. I I find his look way more appealing than the Dukes. Yes. the Dukes. <gasps> really? Well, I mean, the dude Hastings is obviously beautiful, but he's unattainable. There's like something about like an Anthony that's like, like a life partner look. I guess you know? that's true. I mean, also Anthony and Michael, your husband have like similar vibes. I said it. Yeah. So anyway, hopefully, just- hopefully my husband's not gay, but you know, <laughs> I mean, time will tell. Is it like statistics <laughs> say no. <laughs> he's definitely not I know um no that makes sense I know I would say okay so Anthony versus the Duke for you you would pick Anthony not personality wise 
Okay, wait, really? Okay, so I'm going to say something again, hot, hot take, we're going there. Everyone needs therapy, for sure. It would not be entertaining, though, without it. So cheers. And within that, like, I would say the Duke's daddy issues are more of a red flag than Anthony's. So I like, well, that's true, because the Duke like lied for pretty much all of season one. 100%. And it was like, we were like, we get it. You love her, but you won't like, just like submit, you know, (laughs) I'm a freaking kid. Yep, exactly. And then it it happened, but yeah, I think, I mean, I, I don't know, looks wise, I think they're both really beautiful, but the Duke is definitely more my type. And then I attitude wise, like I would have been so sad dating or not dating, dating the Duke, like good for Daphne. Cause I would have sucker punched him and like, I don't know if, do you remember in, in what is that movie with Sandra Bullock? While Uh, you were sleeping? No, oh, great. I don't know why that's the one I could. Is that, is she in that? <laughs> that was like 1994. Well, I also didn't give you any context because Homegirl has a lot of movies, but the one where she's in a pageant, Miss Congeniality, yeah. when she's like on the stage in like that little outfit and it she teaches self-defense and it's like yeah. sing. Okay, anyway, I would have done that shit to him. I question everything. I would have like solar plex, like elbow, knee, foot, and groin. Like I messed it up. But man, she was patient. Yeah, she is. And like she just must have known, like, he really does love me and I'm gonna break him. What 100 percent And also like I'm here for that. So you like we don't we don't need to break our men, but like I'm here for a woman who does. I Mm -hmm. like you go, girl. Yeah, I'm excited to see how like Kate and Anthony are perceived next season too I think that they will have more of a presence it's like it sucks because obviously like the Duke didn't come back but I'm like I wonder if they could get like a guest role of him like him to come on just a little bit or something it's confirmed it's confirmed that Kate and Anthony are going to be back are back yep exactly well and I think everyone because they have like all of the contract signed for season three and four already and then they also just broke their previous Netflix record which probably guarantees like a fifth and sixth season yeah for sure yeah like duh I would say that anyone who's brought on they probably are like you are contracted through all the seasons but anyway it is what it is so I'm excited for this next one. What was your, like, if you could have been in any season and we'll end with this question or not in any season, if you would, could have been in any scene in each season, which one would it have been and why? Ooh, I have my answers if I need That's to That's a great question. You go first. Okay. So I would have loved to just hung around the prince I would have definitely picked the prince over the duke but that's because I know myself and he was way more secure of a human so and I like that that's like how I date so anyway I would have definitely gone for the prince but the one scene where she like walked I don't know if you remember this but when she walked into the room when she was like done with the duke and like she just like turned on and was like I'm going for the prince I would have like lived for that scene yeah had a lot of fun so I would say that for season one and then for season two I really loved gosh I love so many scenes but I would have loved to play pal mal I thought that was so fun like when they play cricket it's like cricket oh yeah the cricket yeah Yeah, oh I know my I know my answer okay what are your answers okay my for the second season I'll start with that 
when they, no one shows up to their ball and they start dancing. I would have loved to have been in that scene. That scene made me like them more than anything in any of the books. I really liked it. Yeah. I loved that. And then the first season, I think my favorite, the scene I would want to be in the most would probably be when they get to the castle or wherever his estate the Hastings estate and like she's like looking around and touring because like it is like my dream to <laughs> have that kind of stuff <laughs> 100%. I know can you imagine just like and you're oh, just like I live here I now. own this I cool. own this yeah that's cool I think that would probably be it I agree I I like that I know everything the sets got a lot better in season two which like yeah that's how it goes but I would have all of those houses. Like I would just wander through them if I could. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Have so, you ever been to like Europe and toured like Versailles or things like that? Yeah, totally. My dad lived in Italy and Germany when my parents. Oh yeah, that's were. right. But I like, I mean, you're about to go to London possibly too, which yeah, is hopefully so fun. Yeah. I, what is on my list? I know you said that and I was like, I want to go, I want to go to all the English gardens. Like there are so many incredible, like public English gardens that you can walk through. And I want to go so badly. That's a cool bucket list. I love that. I agree. I agree. I know. I'm, I hope that you get to go. You can like, just send me pictures of everything. Yeah, I will. Thank you. Okay. Well guys, we hope you enjoyed this. I also hope that you go and you watch and you start to read the books. We will start to push and peer pressure lovingly Catherine to read all of them so that we can have an independent um, podcast. Absolutely. That'll be super fun. Pop culture, but like Bridgerton. Yeah. Yeah. Who loves, we love a good niche. For a hobby. Just a bunch of basic bees talking about Bridgerton. Amen. And that's the name, probably. <laughs> Amen. Yep, absolutely. Guys, have an incredible day. Catherine, thank you for being here. And thank you. this was so fun. Yeah, so much fun. Thank you. Bye.